As I said, the title of my message this morning is Freedom. And um, if you've never read the history on William Wallace and Scotland and its liberation from the, the tyranny and the, and the control of, of the English lords and, and rulers that, I mean, I mean for several hundred years that just literally kept that whole nation in bondage to the point that they were convinced, they were convinced like the children of Israel became convinced that that was their lot in life and that was their destiny. The children of Israel in Egypt came to the place where, you know, this has been going on for over 400 years. Um, you know, there's really no purpose. There's no plan. We're going to make bricks and, uh, and just barely get along and just barely make it for the rest of our life and be under the control of Pharaoh in Egypt. And nothing, nothing else is going to change. They had no vision, no purpose, no desire to see anything else happen. And um, so why in your own personal life, why change in your attitude about God um, when, when, there's, when, when you have no vision for the future. You know, you, you can, a person can change and labor at making changes in their life, and the changes in your life will not liberate your life until there's vision and purpose for why you're here. God gave us inside of you, you have purpose for why you exist on planet earth, why you're here. You're not here just to, just to make ends meet and just work a job and just do this and that. You're here for a purpose. And his purpose, over the last 2,000 plus years, his purpose is freedom. It's liberty. It's, it's the place that you and I live in because of what Jesus Christ produced for us. And along the way, People like William Wallace and people like George Washington and people that have, and, and like you and like me, people through the years that have caught vision and, and, and purpose for why we're here, made up their minds that, you know what? It really doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter the outcome. It doesn't matter that, like George Washington, that I've been gone from my home for 15 years to fight for the freedom of this country. It doesn't matter doesn't matter if I never go back home. I've got to do this. Why? Because he had vision. And, and, and that vision that he held on to is what you and I have to have today. It's the vision that you have to have being a part of Gates of the City. You have to have vision and see the purpose that we're here. We're here to be liberated ourselves, but we're here to see other people's lives be set free and liberated. And if we don't do that, and we don't live our lives to help other people see clearly so that they can come out of things that they've been in in their life, then, then, what, then what are we really doing here? We're just going through the motions of services and receiving offerings and doing this thing and that. No, we're here to see people's lives liberated. There's a quote from the real William Wallace. I mean, I guess the quote, I think it's a quote similar to it in the movie. But there's a, there's a quote by the real William Wallace That says, come forth. 
It's coming. We're on dial-up. Seems like it sometimes. <laughs> Cometh quote. That's Elizabethan, right? Cometh quote. That's English or Scottish or something, maybe. Well, it's not coming at the moment. Had it all set up and ready. Well, here's a good quote from Winston Churchill. <laughs> no, now that's not coming. Okay. Hold on. We just spent a whole lot of time getting our Wi-Fi fixed and it doesn't appear that it's working. It is? Maybe it's my phone. Ha! Here it is. Okay. So this is the quote from the real William Wallace. I like this. I really like this. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live at least a while. And dying in your bed many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but that they'll never take our freedom? This is when they were fixing to go into battle and people were going back home because they were, they were so intimidated by the enemy this is a picture in the movie that you'll see tonight if you come, or if you've ever watched it before. And <clears throat> he came and, and made this statement to these people, you know. You know, you can go home and, 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 and live maybe for a while because when you're under tyranny and under control of the enemy, and I'm relating this to the devil himself, when you're under the control of the devil... You know, you may get relief in a situation and you compromise and back off because that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to back off from the word. And if you'll back off and not press in, <clears throat> it may look like that things will work for a while. But at the end of the day, and it's another quote of William Wallace's, everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to leave planet Earth. Everybody's going to leave here. But it's the way you leave. We, we want to leave in control, man. We, we want to leave planet Earth in authority and in dominion, not under the thumb of tyranny and under the control of the enemy in, in any way. You know, in, a, in the United States of America today, there's a lot of outside control because what tyranny is is outside oppression from people that want to control within outside wanting to control inside and there's a lot of outside oppression trying to control our government and trying to control the people of our nation trying to stress everybody out in this country trying to put people under the thumb of the oppressor and oppression and and yet Jesus said in the scripture that he has liberated us and he set us free 
And so, I just want to go through a few scriptures today, this morning, just in, in the next few minutes, and just look at what the Bible says in regards to liberty and freedom. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 3 Actually, let's back up just a little bit. Verse 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty, freedom. The Lord is the Spirit. He is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. Therefore, since we have this ministry, this ministry of freedom and of liberty, As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Therefore, since we have this ministry, we don't lose heart and quit. The ministry of what? Of liberty and freedom. I'm telling you today that freedom in every area of your life is the goal for you and I. Unity is not the goal. Freedom's the goal. Freedom is the mark. That's what Jesus paid for. He liberated you and I, set us free so that we could be free. And I want you to look at where it was prophesied that he was coming to do that. And then we'll see in the New Testament when he declared it. Isaiah 61.1. This is Isaiah prophesying the coming of the Messiah, and what he would say. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And that prophecy right there was fulfilled right at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. And, it's, and we have an account of it in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Well, we'll start with verse 16. <clears throat> Luke 4 and 16. So Jesus came, this is after he was baptized in the river Jordan, after he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, after he overcame the temptations of the enemy, 
after that 40-day journey. And so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. This was what he normally did. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it to the attendant and he sat down and all the eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus fulfilled that, that starting that day right there, and the fulfillment of that has been happening ever since. What you and I have been called to do is what Jesus was called to do right there. Now we're to do it together. He did it as one man. You and I are doing it now together. The church, which is the house of God, is the body of Jesus Christ in the earth, and now we're fulfilling those things. We're here today because the Spirit of God is on us. He's anointed and empowered us to preach the, good, to preach the gospel to the poor. What's the good news to a poor man? You don't have to be that way anymore. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to those who are captive and bound up and recovering of sight to the blind. Those who are blind naturally but spiritually, those who are blind. He's given us the Spirit of the living God to, to be empowered to see other people's lives set free because their eyes are opened up so they can see clearly and not be deceived. That's what he's done. That's what he's come to do. And now you and I are called to do this and to see this fulfilled. Look at Romans 8. Romans 8 and verse 18. <clears throat> Paul says this. And when, when you see the different disciples and apostles and the writers of, of New Testament, when you see them say things, you can say, me too. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Not the glory in some other time, but the glory of God and the power of God and the, and, and the purpose of God and the vision of God to be revealed inside of us. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of man. Who does? Who waits? The earth. The earth continually has been waiting for 2,000 plus years for the manifestation of the sons of God. What manifestation? The manifestation of what Jesus came to produce for mankind. To set at liberty those who are captive, those who can't see clearly. Listen, the reason people are captive is because their spiritual eyes are blind. They're shut up. If, if, I, if I'm walking around like this and I have my hands over my eyes, sooner or later I'm just going to run into something because I can't see. Right? That's what happens. People run into stuff and they run over the side of cliffs and they, they fall in despair and, and hopelessness and oppression. And then some oppressor like Hitler 
will come along and, and tell people and promise them all these things. And because, you know, they're gullible and they don't see spiritually and they're not open to understand things, they get under, uh, they get under this, this oppression that tyranny produces and, and rulers of that nature and, 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 and you, you apply it to the enemy and what he does to us and people a lot of times don't even realize what it is. People will blame God for things that the enemy has done because they don't understand. I'm telling you, you were created for freedom. You were created to be free. You don't have to be in bondage. You do not have to live your life bound up. But you have to allow the Spirit of God to open up your eyes. And I just tell you today, and I tell people this all the time, you just need help. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs someone else. Everybody needs connection. Why? Because Jesus had his Spirit without measure. You and I, for the Spirit without measure to operate in our lives, we need each other. One body, one body, one Spirit, right? But many parts. And all the parts have to flow together. What if one, what if one night, uh, what, what, what if one night, Caleb wakes up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden, you know, God lays on his heart, you know, you, I, I, I want you to, to be praying, you know, for uh, Fabian. I remembered Fabian's name as I'm standing up here. <clears throat> um, I want you to pray for Fabian because there's, there's something up. And if the Holy Ghost is moving on his heart to pray or to do something for him, then that means that that means for whatever the situation that he's going through, he's not able at this moment to have and to accomplish what he needs to, so he needs help. He needs someone else to step in. But see, we're connected to the same spirit. So the Spirit knows he's having trouble and knows that Caleb's going to listen. That's why what needs to change in us is an ability to hear God so that we can help humanity. Humanity will not suffer if the church does its job. You think about it. See, because see the difference in the church and every other organization, and, and, and I, bar none, the difference in the church and every other organization, if the church acts like the church, we're not about us, we're about them. If the church does its job. That's the difference. When you're born again and you have vision and you have purpose, you're about people, not about you. You're not about building just you. you, you we, as we grow and increase in, in this place, we grow because of the people. And, and when people come in, we believe we have something that will help people. That, and other than that, there's no reason to be the church. If you don't have something that will liberate people, just getting people inside of a building is not success. I mean, it may look like success, but if they're not getting free, then what? it's no different than just any other organization. Church's job is freedom. Freedom. Mentally, spiritually, physically, financially, in every way, the church's job is to liberate people because I'm telling you, every answer to every issue and every problem on planet earth, every answer is in this book. It has to be revealed. And I tell you this, 
you're not going to get it all. It's got to be revealed through this one and 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 this one. and It's got to be revealed through all of us. These things have to come to all of us in different ways and we have to help each other and be connected to one another. That's where the liberty and freedom was. One thing about the movie that we'll watch tonight, the thing that William Wallace did is that he had vision for Scotland. He didn't have vision for himself. The thing that George Washington had for America was vision for America, not George Washington. See, three weeks into his battles and stuff, and he's looking around and thinking, you know, we got a ragtag, ragtag army here, you know? This Continental Congress, they're, they're, they're a bunch of weirdos, and, the, you know, they're, they're not in it for us. And you know what? I'm going to throw the towel in here. I'm going back and, you know, to my tobacco fields and go make money. When George Washington died, he was cash poor because he invested all of his time and energy until three years before he, he died. He invested all of his time and energy in the success of America. The reason you and I sit here today free and not under, not, not under tyranny is because of that one man. I, I promise you. Somebody had to have the vision and somebody had to sacrifice for it. And somebody had to be willing to go not just an extra mile, but an extra 10,000 miles for the good of people. What do you and I do? You know, it's not putting pressure on you to sacrifice. You can't sacrifice unless it's in your heart. Somebody can't make you sacrifice. Look at your neighbor and say, that's true. <laughs> you cannot be forced to sacrifice. It's something you have to believe in. Well, Pastor, you're just talking about sacrifice, you know. Whatever. Don't let me cramp your style. You know, I'm just telling you the truth. If you don't want to sacrifice, don't, don't sacrifice. And nobody's going to hold you to nothing. That'll never do any good. Ever. But those men sacrificed for the good of nations. And every time you're willing to lay down your life for another person, you're sacrificing for the nations. Because every person is connected to the next. <laughs> Watch the Lion King. It's the circle of life. Hmm? We're all connected to the lions. No. I, I mean, it's just, it's just life. It's life. We're connected to each other. We are connected. That's why you can go somewhere. I... I've been to other countries two or three times. And every time I've gone to other countries and, and, you, and you meet people you've never met and, and you, you meet people sometimes that you may never see again until you're in heaven and you feel connected. They may talk different, they may sound different, they may have different customs and those kind of things, but you feel connected. There's a connection. We're all connected. And that liberty and freedom is what connects us. I mean, I mean, some people that are worn out and frustrated and under the gun and under, under oppression and those kind of things don't think they want to be free. Everybody wants to be free. It's written on the tablet of your heart with an indelible marker. God wrote it on your heart. Freedom, liberty. That's what we are created for and to be, is to be free. Amen? 
For the earnest, verse 19, the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Creation itself will be delivered from bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Notice notice how God constantly talks about us. Creation... Creation will be delivered because of us. And see, see, we're not, we're not a club that's separated from everybody else. The moment a person gets born again, they're one of us. There's only two races of people on planet Earth. Two races. Saved and not. There is no other race. It doesn't matter how dark you are or how light you are. We're all made from just different dirt. You're a portion, you're several buckets of dirt and several buckets of water. And if your dirt was where it's a little richer, you know, the darker you are, you're just the richer you are. The way I consider it. We're just dirt and water. Come on. Huh? That's it. Your physical body is made up of dirt and water. And when somebody gets born again, they're one of us. And when they're not one of us, they were created to be one of us. So we have to treat them like they're one of us. So you're not against people that aren't born again. You can only be born again if you understand. To this date... 37 years in the kingdom of God, I've never met somebody that understood born again that didn't want to get born again. I've never met anybody. I've heard people say there were people like that, but I've never met them yet. I've met tons of people that didn't understand born again. See, how can you make a choice to do something when it has to be a choice if you don't know anything about it? No way. So we're supposed to be treating actually the people that aren't better than the people on the inside. And the problem is, sometimes it's more difficult on the outside in having to treat people certain ways because of some attitudes and some things that they have. And we have to learn to look past all that stuff and love them anyway. Because what leads a man to want to get born again? Kindness and love. People won't repent and deal with themselves when you're, when you're hammering them. I'm working, I'm working on a guy right now on Facebook that I went to high school with. And uh, he just, he's just, a, he just a, a, a different guy, a real in-your-face kind of guy. And I'm, I'm wor- I've been working on this guy now for about three years on Facebook. And every time I post on Facebook, I think about this guy. I think about him. You know why? Because he responds almost to everything that I post. And he, and he, and he from, from posts that I see that he makes, he despises Christians. And he knows I'm a Christian, but he responds to everything I post. And we were in a chat one night 
a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago, two years ago, we were in a chat one night about stuff. And he was asking me about a comment I made on someone else's post. And so I told him why I made the comment. Because, see, I won't compromise, but I don't have to put everything out there for people to see. I don't have to put everything that my mind thinks out there for people. Now, that may be what you're supposed to do. You do whatever. I'm just telling you, I think about this guy's salvation. See, I'm after the nations going after this one guy. And the influence that this guy has in, in well, in the Northwest, he lives in Seattle, the influence that this guy has in the world that he is in, what he can do for God, what he will do for God, because he will get born again. See, because I'm in his life. He will. And I'll do, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Beyond compromise, I'll do whatever it takes. I will not compromise the truth if he asks me. And in this question he asked me, I had to give him the truth. And he didn't flinch. He didn't flinch in my answer because he could see the way I answered. And when I answered it, I answered it in love and not, well, this is the way it is, bless God. You, you want to run people off, just get like that. They're gone. Hmm? We're after the nations, we're after liberty, we're after freedom, we're after people being liberated and free so people can see clearly and see through situations and not be deceived and, and, and have real understanding about what they're on planet earth here to do. What are we here? It's all happening through you. Go back and read this later on, but it's all through you. Notice what he said. Because the creation itself, which is all mankind, will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty and freedom of the children of God. That's why the children of God have to be liberated and free. What does that mean? That means I have to change. Things in my life that need to change, they need to change so that creation can be delivered from bondage. You know what? Wow, that's a lot of pressure. No, it didn't. No. That's an honor. So every day, I can think about my consistencies and changing my inconsistencies and getting better at what I do so that all of creation can be liberated. See, the, see, I'm the church, you're the church, but we're the church, we're the body of Jesus. We make it up, see? But when I make a statement that all of creation is changing, and I confess this every day, that the world is better off because I'm here. I say that over myself every day. Well, Pastor, that's a real pride. No. I mean, what do you want me to say? Oh, the world's just horrible because I live here, you know? No. Crud, no. The world is a better place because I'm here. You need to say that over yourself every day. The world is a better place. And you know what? I'm getting better all the time. It's not because of how perfect I am today. It's because I'm changing every day. Hmm? Every day it's getting better. I can get better every day because of the Holy Ghost. Old things are passed away and everything's brand new today. Hmm? I don't have to live back here and where I've been. I don't have to be that guy from the past anymore. I don't have to be that inconsistent person in a certain area of my life. I don't have to be that guy anymore. And if I do that inconsistency again, I can repent and make the change and keep after it. But God wants change. 
I'm privileged to be empowered for change. I am empowered for change. So are you. Amen? Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Why? So that all of creation can be free from bondage like we just read. See, all of creation's bondage remains because the church isn't free. I used to say this. Well, you know, I mean, you can't save the whole world. No, I am. I, I, I've changed my, I'm saving the whole world. I'm um, blessed God going after every single Amen. one. <laughs> I'm going to go after him. But we save the world one at a time. Not conferences at a time, one at a time, personally, one-on-one. So I'm saving the world every day. My guy on Facebook he will come one day, and, and it may be in a time when he's in desperation. It may be in a time when something, you know, attacks his body or something this, or he needs real prayer. But he'll remember me. Why? Because I've been kind, and I've accepted him. I've been kind, and I've accepted him in the life and the attitudes and the things that he has that, that offends so many of my other Christian friends I'm not talking about anybody in here, but other Christian friends of mine that I'm connected with, and they even make, people that don't even know this guy make comments to me about, what do you follow a guy like that for? <laughs> I mean, we've been given, you know, this thing doesn't have to pervert us. We've been given the ability. You, you realize that you could, and you could, you could put something, and I encourage you to do this. Like, you know, my good-looking picture today with my hairdo, you know. I mean, I encourage you to go on social media and, and quote stuff about what I say here, what we're doing here. At, when, you see, when you see different posts of things we've got going on here, think about this. You could put up an advertisement for a girl's night out. And someone could see that advertisement that you don't even know and show up to girls not out and get born again and you never even talk to them. That's happening everywhere. Everywhere. In the size of, the, of, of this place in here, what, what I've figured is, just on, a, just on an average, maybe more, maybe a little bit less, but what, what I figure is that every time that we post something If 10 people do something with it, 10,000 people can see it. Just if 10 people, 10,000 different people can see it. You say, how's that? I'm not going to go into what I figured. <clears throat> I'm just telling you. I think that's the low end. 10,000 people. So you say, yeah, but there's all kinds of, yeah, but who cares about the all kinds of, just overlook it. 
or whatever. But just put the stuff on there that needs to be on there so we can touch 10,000 people. You personally won't touch 10,000 people from now till the time you leave planet Earth, probably. But you can through social media. And we need to utilize it. That was just free. <clears throat> now I've got to remember what I was even saying. Kuna Matata, that's it. Forget the, no more worries or whatever it is. <laughs> what was I saying? Somebody help me. Yes, I was. That's where I was. So don't turn. Stand fast and, and don't be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Why? Because uh, that's what I was saying about the, about the bondage of the world. And then I went into my little thing about whatever. Verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to, oh, pastor, I just don't know what my calling, right here. You've been called to liberty, to freedom. Say, I'm called to be free. And, and what we just got through reading is, all of creation is waiting on you to make the choice to get free. So here's my question. What do you have going on in your life right now, in your head or whatever, that needs some tweaking? What's going on with you that needs to change and you know you need to change? You got, if you're born again, you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you who his first job is to help you. He won't fix you. He'll help you. He'll help you get fixed through the power of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. He won't do it for you. He'll help you get free. It's a win-win. It's an open book. <laughs> it's an open book. I got the answer. I can do it. I can be free. And it's just a choice that I'm going to be free because I'm called to be free. I'm called. He said, you brethren are called to liberty. Watch. Only don't use the liberty and the freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. That's what you're called to. Man, I wish I wouldn't have come this morning. But through love, what? Serve. Talk to God. Through love, serve. So, what unlovely situation? See, sometimes we want to fix the things over here that are the easiest, but the things that are a little more difficult and challenging, we don't want to get those. Leave the easy, easy things and just sweep those up later. Because you tackle these big things where you're walking out of the love of God, I'm telling you, if you'll work on those, I mean, on a consistent basis, day after day after day, I know, because I know what I've had to walk through in my life. If you'll work on those day after day after day after day and walk in the love of God, as I'm talking to you right now, God's challenging me about something. Right now. Just came to my mind. 
How, how, can you t- how can a person talk and hear at the same time? You can't with an audible voice, but you can internally. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, don't tell them that if you're not going to do this. That's what he just said. So what does our attitude have to be when it's like that? Okay, I'm going to do it. What does it mean to make a choice to do something? You do it. (laughs) You know, the more you think about it, you'll talk yourself out of it. Just start doing it. Yeah, but what if I don't do it perfect all the time? You won't. You won't. You don't make it a law. Just do it. And, and if you screw up, do it again. And if you mess up, do it again. And if you mess up again, do it again. And just keep doing it again until it becomes what? A pattern. How, how, do you, how did you get caught doing some of the things you do today that really aren't good for you? Maybe good for your body or your mind or whatever. You practice them. Right? There's all kinds of stuff out there that's real easy for your flesh to practice. It's real easy to practice watching movies. I mean, we're watching a movie tonight. Movies are great, you know. But how did, how did you learn to enjoy movies? You practiced. You bought one, rented one, you did it. You plugged it in, you pushed play. You watched it. You liked it. You wanted another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. Hmm? Acts of righteousness are the same thing with God. You practice one, you'll want to do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Right? So then we don't stop doing something because it's bad. We do right, and wrong, or what's not right between you and God, begins to be something that you choose to set aside. Then you'll quit. Then you'll be free of it. See, don't turn, don't turn your freedom into an opportunity for your flesh to do whatever it wants to do. No, through love, serve one another. You put serving first, then what your flesh gets is second, and it won't be, it, it, what, what your flesh gets won't be just all this gratification and this self-centered stuff. It, a lot of it will be you wanting to do good for other people. That's what life's about, it's what the kingdom's about, and it's what you're called to do. Amen? Or whatever. (laughs) For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by each other. Verse 16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Remember, he's there to help you. Listen to him, pay attention. We won't get into that this morning because I want to finish in James 1. This is my last verse. That means I'm almost finished. That means the worship team can go to the stage. That means I'm done. That means I'm... No, I'm teasing. Okay. <clears throat> James 1. <clears throat> just, just look at verse 21 in James 1. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. It's able to help you make the changes that you need to. Be doers of the word and not just hearers only who deceive themselves. 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man that he is. But he who looks in the perfect law or the perfect word, the perfect truth of liberty, he who looks, he who looks, all right, all right back, back up, um, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. See, look, so like right now, I click on my camera. Where did my camera go? There it is. And I flip it around. Ha! There I am. Okay, so I can see myself, right? It's like I'm looking at myself in a mirror. But here, here's, here's a person who hears the word but doesn't do anything with it. So you hear what I'm telling you today about what you've been called to and what that looks like. It doesn't mean by tomorrow afternoon you have to have it perfected. It means you take what you're hearing and do something with it. But, but a guy, a person that hears and doesn't do is like someone that looks at himself here and then he goes away and he forgets what he's doing and he forgets, you know, whatever he got right, you know, then you could look like this or whatever and you not know because you're not looking. But see, a person that is constantly looking into the perfect law of liberty and the, and, and, and the freedom that's there, notice, notice what it said, how it worded this. And he continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man will be blessed in everything that he does. Everything that he does. Not somebody who looks and leaves and forgets, but someone who hears and it's like he's looking, okay, I see it. You know, you're, you're sitting here this morning, and the word will always bring conviction. Always. You, you realize this morning, there's not anybody sitting here, no, not a person sitting here, that I'm thinking, well, Preston needs this word today, and I'm going to preach it right to him. He'll get it. Now, people never get it that way. So there's not a person in here that I preached to you, but the Word did. See, the Word did. And, 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 and I'm sitting here today, or I'm standing here today preaching to you. You're sitting here receiving this, and God didn't want you to forget even some of the challenges that He brought to you as you're sitting here today under the Word. So that's why you need the Word, because of what it does to you. He said, you'll be blessed. See, God's not trying to take something or make, some, make your life miserable. He's trying to bless you in everything that you do. He said, everything that person will do. What does it take? Just don't forget what you hear. Do something with it, and you'll increase, and you'll advance, and changes will be made. See, we want change. We want total change in two and a half weeks. We want everything to be fixed and when it's not fixed, then we get discouraged and we quit hearing. Or we may come in here and, yeah, yeah. But we don't do anything. 
And if you don't do with what you hear, the Bible says you're deceived. And when you're walking in deception, you're not walking in the freedom God created you to walk in. He called you to walk free. Why? All of creation is waiting for you to have answers. I mean, I, I have become so excited about the liberty and freedom that's in me that other people need. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how just overwhelmed I get about what God can actually do through a person. How that one person can do something for someone else because I know all the people that did things for me and have done things for me and continue to do things for me. I don't know where I would be in my life today without my wife. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, even, I don't even want to even kind of start thinking about where I'd be without her. I mean, not even, I, I, not even. But God puts people in your life and God uses you to be in the lives of other people for a purpose. And I'll tell you right now, we are winning the world one person at a time. And all it takes is you being sensitive to hear his voice and to realize that your calling in life, number one, is to be free. All of the jobs or vocations or career opportunities or whatever that you're seeking out in your life, you get free and the opportunities will come your way. I'm telling you, they'll, they'll seek you out. Stuff will seek you out when you're free. You know why? Because of the opportunities wherever you go and whatever you do that you'll have to, to be a secret agent for God. Get smart. Right? So get smart and do and change and be free and walk in liberty and freedom and look at the opportunities that will come your way. They're endless. They're endless. All of creation is waiting on you. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. All the world is waiting on you. Carrying them around. No, he already carried it all. Burden is light. Yoke is easy. It's all easy. Amen? Thank you for listening today. And my challenge is you to just to do something with what your calling is. And I'm telling you, it's not, it's not easy. If, if changing was easy, everybody change. It's not. It takes consistency and it takes learning to get rid of old patterns and ways of doing things and learn to do things in a new way, in a fresh way. Amen? I just purpose and challenge you to do something with what you've heard today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this awesome day.